I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. For all intents and purposes, technically Arkansas has wrapped up fall camp. Now they're still the week before the week. They've got to work on themselves for a few days before they're turning attention to the season opener against Rice. So we're going to talk about everything that came out of Arkansas's 150-play scrimmage on Saturday. Arkansas should have decided a lot of things out of that. We're also going to jump in with Curtis Wilkerson and talk a little bit about Razorback basketball and basketball recruiting as well. All that and more on Hog Sports Live. And before we get started, of course, I want to remind you, I don't want to intro you again. <laughs> I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. If you haven't thrown us a follow on that page, do so. Throw us a like on this video if you like it. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to follow that page. Throw us a thumbs up there and uh, hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us that five-star rating if you haven't done so already. Leave a review so others know what to expect. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Arkansas technically, as I mentioned, has wrapped up fall camp. They still have this week of practices. Now, the schedule that they'll go through is it's just been updated, actually. The 23rd, which is today, uh, they'll go at 4.30. We'll have uh, a bit availability to watch practice then. And then we'll have uh, players on uh, – we'll have players uh, today after that. I'm not sure which players we'll get. Uh, that's about 6.15 when they'll have those. And then the 24th, 4.30, players again. 25th, 4.30, uh, players again at 6.15. And then Thursday, same deal, 4.30 and then 6.15. And then there's no media availability on Friday – no media availability on Saturday, which will be their mock game. That's not a scrimmage. That's uh, They may not even be in full pads. They may just be in spiders. But uh, they'll go into the stadium. They'll go over different scenarios and things like that. And then Sunday, the team is off. Now, the 23rd, 24th, and 25th will still be work on us type of stuff. They'll still go ones versus ones, try to improve as a team. Thursday, they're going to flip it to Rice. So you always – you want to prepare, you know, be prepared for an opponent, but, you know, coaches always say you don't want to over-prepare. You don't want to, like, spend two weeks working on an opponent. That You know, like in a bye week, they won't spend the entire time working on an opponent. They'll they'll work with new guys, try to improve the team, and then they'll, cut, you know, start into it a little bit early. So you get a little bit of a jump, but not too big of a jump, I guess. So Thursday, Friday will be Rice. Saturday will be the mock game. It'll be Rice. Uh, and then – it's game week after that. Monday practice, Tuesday. And we actually have – the way it's going to set up this year, we'll actually be able to watch practice for 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes, usually what it breaks down to. On Monday and Tuesday of the week, uh, we'll have a press conference with Sam Pittman at noon on Mondays. And then Tuesdays after practice, uh, we'll have a Zoom, basically a Zoom press conference with the players. So we won't be in person as far as I know. 
with the players. And then Wednesday is Pittman, uh, Zoom press conference also. And then, of course, he has Sam Pittman Live, which, by the way, starts the 25th. So it starts this week with Sam Pittman Live, uh, the radio show. So you can watch that. And then uh, that'll be our last opportunity with Sam Pittman on Wednesdays. Thursdays, Fridays, it'll just be silent. We won't hear from him until Saturday until they take on Rice right before it when SEC Network plus sideline reporter goes down to the field uh, to talk with him. But football starts this week. We got, uh, I guess the season kicks off with, it's like a noon game or something with uh, Nebraska and Illinois. We talked about that a little bit last week. Uh, I think that's an intriguing matchup. It's a conference game. It's Big Ten. It's not SEC, but it's Brad Bielema. Chase Hayden plays for them also, former Razorback. So uh, that'll be an intriguing game to watch. Okay. Setting the stage for the show. I have no idea how many people are watching. I th- people say the video is still streaming, but we're having problems with the Facebook Live. So Arkansas runs 150-play scrimmage on Saturday. There's a few minor injuries here and there. And some players held out. out. Let's see if I can got it here. Uh, so we know Devion Warren, who, you know, is coming off an ACL. He had a pulled, ham- pulled hamstring, so they held him out. He's probably the two wide receiver on the team right now. Traylon Smith, starting running back, has been absent all week. He's battling a turf toe injury that can be, that can be major or it can be minor. There's different, different levels. I had a turf toe injury my senior year of high school. It, it bothered me the entire year. Uh, Ricky Stromberg has a mild knee injury, he's, you know, uh, has missed some time. Uh, MCL, but he's been back at practice. They just held him out as a precaution. Jalen Catalan, who's had a bit of a shoulder issue, they held him out of the scrimmage. Uh, and then you had Traylon Burks, TJ Hammonds, AJ Green, and Sam Loy, who were all held out. Now, the players I mentioned above, those guys were held out precautionary. If there were a game, if they were playing Rice last weekend, those guys would have played in the game, Okay. The other players, T.J. Hammonds, Traylon Burks, A.J. Green, Sam Loy, they would not have played if Arkansas played Rice Saturday due to injuries. I know that Traylon Burks one scares you. So those guys would not have played. However, they expect them to be ready for Rice. So not long-term injuries, injuries that would have held them out of a game. Now I hear that kind of stuff. You think, you know, tweaked ankles, concussions, you know, pulled groins, you know, those kinds of things like that that maybe it would limit you. I don't know if a pulled groin would or not. I guess it depends on the severity. But those kind of things might hold you out of a game, um, but not. And I'm not saying those are any of the specific injuries. I'm just saying those are the kinds of injuries that it makes me think of. So that's the injury report. I'll say this, you know, in addition to holding some guys out, they also limited some players, okay? Like some guys that they knew what they're going to get out of. They know what they're going to get out of, um, you know, Jalen Catalan. You know, obviously he didn't scrimmage, but they would have held him, they held him back. But, uh, you know, K.J. Jefferson, you know, at this point they feel pretty good. He's the starting quarterback. Uh, they feel pretty good what they know. They know what they've got about him. So Malik Hornsby saw an extensive amount of playing time and had a huge day. A huge day. 80-yard touchdown run, 8-yard touchdown run, 45-yard touchdown pass to John David White, and a 15-yard touchdown pass to Kendall Catalan. Now, I would assume most of this work is against the ones, 
you know, with, with KJ not playing that much in it. And KJ had, I think, a, a one-yard touchdown run. But he didn't play that much. Uh, but Hornsby, I would assume most of this is against the first-team defense. And, again, they were, you know, Grant Morgan's not going to play the entire scrimmage, you know. Bumper pool probably too. So, it's probably a mix of twos and ones. But I think a lot of people are excited to see that stuff from K, excuse me, from Malik because, you know, there have been questions about his accuracy and all that stuff. And people have been ready to – Move K. Actually, one of the funny comments on the Razor's Edge forum was about last week. People were talking about is Cade Renfro going to overtake Malik Hornsby? And then somebody posted that they hope he can be better than RG three after the scrimmage. So it's amazing the how we go. But uh, I think they'll have some packages for Hornsby this season. I think they just love his speed so much. And Pittman has said before that he thinks he may be the fastest guy on the field when he's out there. I can tell you he can eat up 15 yards in an instant. I mean, before you even realize that he's that far. He doesn't even look like he should be as far as he is down the field um, because he is, you know, a very smooth runner. But uh, good things from, from Malik. Now, he's not ready. He's not ready to be the starting quarterback at Arkansas. But, you know, I think that they have some good things in place with K.J. And, I, you know, K.J. is another guy who's really strong on the ground with his running ability and, you know, his ability to power through people. And that's just kind of taken away in these kind of scrimmages. Rocket Sanders, Raheem Sanders, emerges as the number two running back. Now, Raheem has been running with the first group all week with Traylon Smith out this past week. He was running with the first group. Uh, I have a person who told me who was there at the scrimmage uh, that he thinks when all is said and done that Raheem Sanders will be the leading rusher on the team. He'll get the most carries out of anybody on the team. Now, I like Traylon Smith and the things he brings to the table also. I think he probably could have had a 1,000-yard season last year, had 710 yards, I think. But he could have had that last year. Uh, But Raheem brings – Really the total package, 6'2", 228. The thing that he lacks, I guess, in terms of total package, he doesn't have the experience, right? He doesn't. He hasn't played a lot of running back in the past. Um, you know, so there are those factors. But 6'2", 228, can really run, can run through tackles. They were really emphasizing with him, uh, to, you know, to hit the hole because being a guy who's, you know, fast and a lot of high school backs will do this or try to score a touchdown on every play, bounce everything to the outside. And what you want to do on this level you know, what coaches really preach to their athletes, you want to hit the hole. And if, like, if you got two defenders, you know, you want to split those defenders, right? You don't want to try to run, outrun, hit the sideline, you know, because, you know, they'll have an angle. You don't – you just – that's just not how you do things at this level. Everybody's fast, right? So you want to run through those guys. And that's something they've really been preaching with Raheem Sanders. And it's something that more mature running backs usually learn. But apparently he did a good job at that. And it's all about getting those first four yards and then worrying about the rest later. You know, if you can do that as a running back, quit trying to score a touchdown on every play, then you can keep the chains moving. And that's what Arkansas has got to do this year. They've got to convert those third downs. They've got to get into third and shorts, first of all, and then convert those third downs. Or second and shorts. Second and shorts nice too, isn't it? So, unfortunately with A.J. Green, he wasn't able to go Saturday, as we mentioned. And that's unfortunate because last week Pittman kind of mentioned the big thing for Raheem Sanders was to take those licks against SEC players and then shake it off and be like, I'm fine. I'm good. I can go out here and play against these guys. And A.J. so far, I guess, hasn't been live tackle. So, you know, he's a guy with more experience playing running back. He's going to at some point emerge, I think, and be a – uh, a regular uh, player for Arkansas in the backfield. I think that'll end up being Arkansas's top three backs, 
Traylon Smith, Raheem Sanders, and A.J. Green when all is said and done. I think you've got some other guys like Josh Oglesby will be in a specialty situation. Maybe Dominic Johnson. It depends on, you know, goal line, stuff like that, who, who excels in that kind of role. But I think those three guys I mentioned will be Arkansas's top three running backs. It's a young group overall. Traylon Smith's a junior. But overall, it's a pretty young group. Keetron Jackson, Kendall Browse said Friday before the scrimmage. Was that Thursday? I think we had him Thursday maybe. Maybe Wednesday. Hell, I don't remember. The days jumble together so much this time of year. But uh, Keetron Jackson, according to Browse, is the most improved player on the team, at least on the offense, I guess. Maybe he's more qualified to say that about offense. But most improved. Now, he, he wore a brace on his left knee uh, in, in the spring when he enrolled early. So he wasn't quite able to – do everything that he would normally be able to do. But uh, right now, everybody just says he's been really coming and coming and coming to the point where Sam Pittman said on Saturday that Keetron Jackson is their number three, at least number three wide receiver. It's good because this is a guy that was really highly regarded. I mean, he's, what, 163 ranked overall prospect in the country according to 24-7 sports, or is that, I think, maybe on the composite ranking uh, very highly regarded player. Arkansas has had several four-star wide receivers come into the program recently, but a lot of them just haven't lived up to that. You know, we thought maybe Trey Knox would. Uh, right now you'd probably say he hasn't lived up to that. And, um, you know, if he's being passed right now by Keetron, then I don't know. Um, TQ Jackson, Shamar Nash, those are other four-star wide receivers that came into this program. So Darren Turner's another one, I mean, who's, you know, done some good things here and there, but I don't know that I would say he's like pushing to be a starter or maybe not in the top six wide receivers. So you've had a bunch of four-star wide receivers come in, and so far it's been trailing Burks. And that's it, who probably should have been a five-star. So statistically almost Keetron Jackson should be emerging. Jaqueline Crawford's another four-star. And it sounds like he has flashed, and I've seen him at times where he looks really quick out there. But has he been consistent, you know? Is he catching the ball consistently? I have seen him drop a couple passes in practice. But he's got to be a guy that catches the ball every time. Um, But I I feel like there's enough right there for Arkansas. And I've kind of done this thing where I've been trying to compare Arkansas to the 2015 uh, team and I'll have an article coming out on that shortly just because to me that was Arkansas's last good football team that's a, a team that had some luck ar- along the way but easily could have been a 10 and 3 team and maybe an 11 win team I mean they they lost to Texas A&M in overtime they blundered against uh, Toledo and they had that kick blocked to win the game against Mississippi State. I mean, that's three. They won eight games. That's three right there. And they had some, you know, luck on their side, obviously. The Hunter Henry heave, fourth and 25 against Ole Miss. Won an overtime game against Auburn. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your 
time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Landon Rogers moved to tight end last week. We may have talked about that a little bit, but, I mean, that's a pretty significant move. He was a quarterback. Thought that there could be a possibility that that would happen maybe later in his career if things didn't work out. And and maybe he ends up moving back to quarterback at some point. But I'm intrigued to see him over at tight end. One of the real big battles still is Brady Latham versus Luke Jones at, at left guard. And that is continuing. Latham has been the starting left guard for the majority of fall camp after Luke Jones was the starting left guard the majority of spring. So that's a battle to continue to watch. But Arkansas certainly – returns a lot on the offensive line, and has some guys emerging like Takias Crawford starting to emerge. You know, I see some things from Crawford in practice when, you know, the coaches are asking him questions and and he's answering them correctly, and they're like, good, yes, like getting it. It's starting to come. Uh, Kendall Brow said the other day that, you know, he's a future All-American and NFL player if he, you know, keeps his mind right and, and does the things he's supposed to do. Physically, guys just built differently. Ton of potential for Takias Crawford. I think he could potentially sneak in some reps this this year, maybe a right tackle some. Boy, I thought it was interesting talking to Dalton Wagner and um, Ty Clary just about their weight because, you know, we've, I've said several times Arkansas averages 318 pounds across the starting offensive line versus last year – or excuse me, two years ago when they were 293. So they're 25 pounds heavier per man. But I asked them, you know – is it frustrating, basically, having lost all that weight? And, you know, yeah, it was. Wagner said it sucked, <laughs> is how he put it, because they move better at the weight they are now. Wagner was 308 back then. He's 330 now. He says they move better and they're bigger, and it's so much more beneficial to be bigger. I, I've said before I think this offensive line will be better than half the teams they face. I think they'll be better than half the teams they face. Not all the teams. Somebody accused me of pumping sunshine. I'm like – here, sitting here thinking six and a half wins or so, and people will be like, why are you trying to fill us with hope? It's like, is that, is that – should you be hopeful? Should you be excited about six and a half wins? No, I think you should be like, okay, this is a step in the right direction. If they can get to that number, if they get to a bowl game, seven wins, I'm kind of teetering towards that a little bit. The unknown at quarterback has got me. I think it's got everybody. You just don't know 100%. It's the most important position on the field. But when you look through every other category, 23 seniors returning. 19 starters returning. There's a good vibe around the program. There's a good culture, a good sense. I really feel that. And part of that is just not hearing some of the the crap that you used to hear under the previous staff. You don't hear that kind of stuff. 
people I talk to from within feel real good about it. So those are all, these are all things that should make you feel good. Like, okay, this season is, you know, things are headed in the right direction, but the most important position on the field is the, is the biggest unknown quarterback. I think some good things out of this past week with Miles Slusher also, who's playing more of a multidimensional role for Arkansas. He could play any of the five defensive back positions. Really highly regarded guy. Could possibly work at kick return. Maybe we'll get some stuff out of that this week with, uh, you know, who's going to be the kick returner, who's going to be the punt returner. Because, I mean, you really have to start narrowing that down. I think if they probably went out there, we're maybe talking Greg Brooks at punt returner. I don't know on kick return. I like Miles Slusher back there, though. Ladarius Bishop's worked there also, who I just mentioned, who's also primed for a bigger role. Projected starter at one of the cornerback spots, probably left corner, although I see him flip-flopping back and forth. They do all kinds of stuff like that. They comp or they do combo. They call combo, but they, like, will just take an entire group out or mix up the offensive line, like the worst-case scenario, to see how things play out. Can't lose Ricky Stromberg this week. And they take Ricky Stromberg out. Of course, he's been out anyway. Or, you know, Traylon Burks. Or what are we going to do without KJ at quarterback? So, game week coming up. Right around the corner. You know, before we get into Curtis, I just wanted to mention a couple of things from a recruiting standpoint that Danny has done lately that I think are really good rigs. So, Arkansas isn't far off from just like not moving on from the 2022 class because you have to continue to recruit players and re-recruit players. And, uh, you know, you never know what might happen with decommits and stuff like that, which Sam Pittman hasn't had a lot of decommits in a short time at Arkansas. Not a lot at all. It's actually been pretty impressive. I think it might maybe like Landon Rogers is the only decommit last recruiting class and then recruited soon after. But uh, Danny has a target to know for 2023 at each position group quarterback, running back, safety, everything. Uh, but it's a fun read. And, and as Arkansas has kind of, you know, started to move towards, we're seeing, you know, commitments come in. They have two four-star tight end commitments for the class of 2023. There could be another one coming on the on, on the way, but you can read that article and decipher who you think that might be. Uh, he's also got a nice breakdown on all the 2023 quarterback prospects that Arkansas has reached out to so far. It's a big year for 2023 quarterback recruiting. It's big because they are not signing one in the class of 2022. Now, part of it is they brought in, you know, well, Landon Rogers technically, but he's moved to tight end. Who knows if he'll move back. But they also brought in Cade Renfro uh, and Lucas Coley in the last class. I think they're overall pretty young quarterback room. So it makes sense, like, if there's not a guy out there that you just love, then, eh. Maybe we don't worry about signing a quarterback this year. I can see the coaches saying that. So, uh, But 2023, they absolutely will have to sign a quarterback. So that's an important article from Danny. He also breaks down special teams. Um, Scott Fountain talked a little bit earlier this week about, you know, what what Arkansas's philosophies were recruiting specialists. I think we talked about a little bit about that on the last show, but Danny goes into further detail here. So that's a good read also. All right. About 21 minutes here. I told Curtis Wilkerson I'd get to him about five minutes ago. So I want to turn my attention to Curtis Wilkerson. For those who don't follow Curtis, you can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. Does a great job covering all sports, specifically basketball. I mean, and he's already got a couple of basketball stories up 
already. So we'll talk about hey, that. Too. Hey, Curtis. So uh, I was just giving everybody a kind introduction to you. <laughs> I love it. Telling everybody what a great job you do. You've been with us for over a year. How many stories do you think you wrote last year? Uh, you know, I, I calculated that at one point coming up on the one year anniversary. It's it was, it was like 940, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. A lot. A lot of stuff. A lot of content. About 940 articles. That's probably <laughs> probably somewhere in the neighborhood of a million words that you wrote last year, not including message board posts. And, um, you know, I was, re- I was listening to a recent um, Trusting the Process podcast with Wally Hall, and he said that's what uh, I believe it was. I can't remember. One of his bosses told him, you got to write a million words in this industry and then throw them all away. So <laughs> yes. you did that in a year to just to be ready. But you've been ready beyond that. Obviously, you have a background busting brackets and prep hoops and been doing stuff like this for a long time. And uh, for those of you who don't follow Curtis, again, you can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. A lot of his basketball coverage is VIP, his breakdowns, his in-depth analysis, courses, recruiting coverage. So you'll need a subscription to Hog Sports, which you can get for right now for $1. So, Curtis, Arkansas set for return to the hardwood. It's an article you had out this morning. What does that mean exactly? What, what does it mean for Arkansas? Yeah, well, it's it's exciting for us us basketball nerds out there right now. You know, Arkansas went through that eight week summer session where they were able to to have eight hours per week worth of activity, uh, and only four of those per week could be you know on court instruction. So mm-hmm. that took them throughout the summer up until draft night, and then after the draft, they've been off for about three weeks. So uh, you know, school starts today, and that means they're back at it, and they're and they're jumping right back on the court today. Uh, to start preparations for, you know, a, a season that's highly anticipated. There's there's a lot of hype around the program. So, you know, right now for the immediate future, that time frame is going to stay pretty consistent to what it was for the summer. So eight hours per week, uh, you know, probably four of those are going to be strength and conditioning type, you know, work. And then uh, still the four hours per week uh, with on-court instruction with the coaching staff. That'll carry them into about mid-September, and then those hours double. The on-court hours double to eight per week, and then that takes you into into October when official practices start in advance of uh, the season opener, which is, I believe, November 9th. November 9th against Mercer. That is, that's right. Curtis, that's 11 weeks away. It's not that far. <laughs> it's, it's crazy to think about. You know, we've been doing the countdown for opening, opening day, game week for football. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then I look at it, you know, John Rothstein is a guy that he'll tweet out every day, we're this many days away from the start of college basketball season. I'm thinking, wow, that is literally right around the corner. Yeah, and Arkansas has the potential to have a top 10 basketball program uh, this year and maybe better than that. You, you obviously got to have a little bit of luck in the tournament to to get <laughs> to advance very far. And Arkansas had a little bit last year too, along with skill. You make your own luck. But uh, Arkansas basketball, I think there's definitely the feeling around the Razorback faithful that this program is moving in the right direction. And with basketball, with what we know baseball can be, obviously, and football looking like it's starting to trend in the right direction this could be one of the really good sports years for Arkansas when it comes all all around now last year obviously was just when you look at the 19 sports really it was like everything but football and football 
started trending in the right direction. I mean, I really think if Arkansas had played a regular 12-game schedule last year that it was set up to play, they would have won six games. I really believe that. Um, and maybe more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we know what happened with the Auburn game and LSU and you know stuff like that. But um, it could have been last year. But I think this year has a chance to be one of those years where, you know, Arkansas is good in everything. Yeah, I, I really agree. I mean, could you imagine – and you just think about all the probably the pent up energy that this fan base has from from not being able to go to the games last year. You yeah. know, everything was restricted, and you know now you know, knock on wood, you're you're opened up. And could you just imagine a scenario where this football team really does turn the corner? And again, you know, with, with reasonable expectations, but you win six, seven games and and get to a bowl, and and the hype that would carry over to a basketball season where they're projected to do some really nice things and then into baseball where they're always, you know, going to be in the mix. So it could be just a wild and exciting year in Fayetteville. It's exciting to think about. Hopefully it all works out the way we dream of it. Yeah, I hope so and hope the fans are there for it. And, I mean, that's one of the things that really stinks about last year because the basketball team was so good, best basketball team since 95. And barely anybody's there to see it in person. I mean, just imagine Bud Walton how – insane it would have been uh, for an environment like that and I think we're going to see I think it'll be a good crowd for Rice I still don't understand why they picked the one o'clock uh, kick when they could have chose you know th- this is the game where they can pick their time because it's you know st- the streaming game they could pick their time and I just think September one o'clock the sun I mean it just feels the east stands I mean the west stands will get it too the west stands are going to get it too like half Usually, like, they do, like, these 3 o'clock games, and it's about half the stands, half the lower deck is is um, shaded, and half of it's in the sun by kickoff. Right. And this is just going to be the whole stadium. It's just going to be sun blistering down on you. So, I don't know why they picked that time, but they did. And uh, But I think for that Texas game, I think it was Texas at 6. Texas game, it should be incredibly rowdy. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, with that Rice game, I, just looking ahead at like the 10-day the forecast here, if, if those temperatures at 1 o'clock on, mm-hmm. on that opener against Rice or anything like they're going to be this week, it is going to be a scorcher, really hot. Uh, but people will be excited. They'll be out there. And then, like you said, that Texas game, it, it's uh, that could that could be a special atmosphere. I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, 10-day forecast is almost worthless. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> All right, Curtis. So, uh, basketball recruiting. When will Arkansas get its next five star? You got the answer for that, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, and the answer might not be what everybody wants it to be, but it's it's coming. And I really think that it's all about patience. You know, it's it's interesting how far we've come. You know, we're what you know, not even two years at this point removed from Eric Musselman. You know, starting things up and and bringing in a, a top ten class. Uh, and then right now, you, you take a look at this 2022 group, and it's sitting at number six in the in the team rankings. And uh, you know, some people are disappointed; they're getting a little anxious. You know, when's the next commit coming? What's going on? And you know, I, I think a, a lot of it, you know, centered around obviously the two five star prospects here in state in the 2022 class. It's just mm-hmm. so rare. You know, the the state has produced about a half dozen of those. You know, over over the course of the last. Uh, 18 to 20 years and you have two in the same class and you obviously Khalil Ware made the decision to to commit to Oregon Uh, and so that leaves one you know in in Nick Smith Jr. and a lot of people have I think felt that it's kind of a foregone conclusion that he might wind up elsewhere 
and he very well could, you know, but, but I, I would caution people not to shut the door on that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that Arkansas is, is obviously still in the mix here. They've got a visit coming up on that Texas weekend, uh, you know, and, and so I, I think they're in a little bit, I'm not, I'm not saying they're leading by any stretch there, but I think they're in a little bit better position than, than people like to believe. And, you know, you get a guy here on campus for, you know, a, a game like that in front of a packed house at Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium, you never know what could happen. But, you know, even if that wasn't to work out, you look ahead and just the amount of talent the state is producing, uh, you've got to think that Musselman's going to land that coveted five-star soon. I mean, mm-hmm. You had a guy like Bryson Warren already rated as a five-star in that 2023 class, he's been on campus this summer. Layden Blocker is another in-state guy who's Great pushing man. there, and, and he's been on campus as well. And, and then you just continue to look, and the state's just producing so much talent. you got guys like Dallas Thomas and K.N.O.R. Botain uh, in the 2024 class. K.K. Robinson's brother, Kellen, in 2025. So Wore an Arkansas shirt to Bruce Pearl's. Wore an Arkansas shirt to Bruce Pearl's office. That may be the best thing I've seen all week. <laughs> so good. Awesome. For anybody who hasn't seen that, it's on Twitter, but he's he's there with Bruce Pearl at Auburn wearing an Arkansas shirt. Good stuff. Unbelievable. Arkansas has signed a lot of five stars over the year. I mean, like, they're guys, like, that would have been five-star. Quartz Williamson oh, yeah. was, you know, one or two-ranked prospect in the country. Uh, Darnell Robinson was number three-ranked prospect in the country. Um, you know, you've had a lot of five-star. Kareem Reed would have been a five-star. Uh, but really, since the rankings era, the five-star era started, Olu Fimatuni, who, who knows he, how good he would have been if he hadn't uh, hurt his knee so bad his senior year. Uh, Al Jefferson, who never made it to to campus, he was – I think he was like number three-ranked prospect in the country too. B.J. Young didn't really pan out for Arkansas. For some reason, he started shooting those one-handed – I don't know what happened to his three-point shot. It's like one – like this was his shot. It was like a one-handed – I don't know. It was so so weird what happened. But oh, excuse me, I lost you, Curtis. But uh, Kurt, uh, <laughs> Bobby Portis was probably the guy that uh, that panned out among all those. Daniel Gafford might have should have been a five star. Uh, he was right there, pretty close. But um, yeah, a couple of in-state guys in the class right now that um, one of them Arkansas still in the mix with. They're they're not getting Khalil Ware. Obviously, he's going to Oregon. Yep. All right, Curtis. Anything else to share with us on basketball? You got any more football <sighs> takes? You've been there for every press conference. You've seen everything that's going on. You know, with, with, with football and obviously me being a basketball guy, when I think about what I enjoy the most about football, I'm, I'm a skill position guy. So, mm. you know, hearing about these youngsters like, you know, Rocket and Keytron making a push, that's what really excites me, seeing those young guys, you yeah. know, being able to get out there and get an opportunity. And, man, they just looked apart. I mean, if you, if you just look at a guy like Rocket Sanders, look like a guy, look at a guy like Keytron, and you think, okay, this this is what they're supposed to look like in the SEC, and yeah. uh, you know that that excites you for the future. Then obviously, you know, hopefully AJ Green can get healed up and and get his reps and work his way up there. But yeah, I, I, I'm all about those skill positions. What's gonna how's it gonna shake out at wide receiver, in the running back room, and then seeing those youngsters progress. Those are the things that I'm excited about. We're what 12 days out now, so we're getting there. Well, especially yeah, uh, shout out to Clyde Scott, uh, number 12. Arkansas didn't have a lot of number 12s. <laughs> Obviously, that number's retired, but um, countdown, Clyde Scott. But, uh, yeah, you make a good point, too, about those young guys because we'd rather be talking about them than we would emerging freshman offensive linemen that are about to start or defensive linemen and stuff. And you look across the board, it's like, you know, 
Malik Hornsby's doing some good stuff. You know, KJ Jefferson, you know, quarterback who's, you know, in his third year, which is a, a good a good time for a quarterback probably to start starting. But really those skill spots like, you know, Keetron Jackson and Raheem Sanders, AJ Green, those those are the kind of players you want to be talking about because those players as freshmen can come in and make an immediate impact because they're they're just better than, you know, than other players. But Offensive line, you don't want to be talking about freshmen. And then Arkansas has returned four starters, five starters from last year, four starters from two years ago. So probably in a good situation there. All right, Kurt, anything else? I think that about does it. I think you nailed it today, brother. All right, appreciate you. All right, we'll see you later today. All right, everybody, that was Curtis Wilkerson. Again, you can follow Curtis at Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. And, uh, of course, go to hogsports.com to read all of his content, which we post – Pretty much all of his content that's free on Facebook, so you can read it there. But if you want to read the VIP stuff, you'll need to go to HAWGsports.com. Okay. Good stuff from Kurt. Kurt is good stuff, Wilkerson. We're going to turn to your questions. Before we get there, I want to remind you one more time, plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. If you haven't subscribed to the page, uh, follow the page, you can, then go ahead and do so. And uh, f- uh, throw the video a like if you like the video. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to throw us a thumbs up there if you like the content and hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us that five-star review if you haven't done so already. And, um, yeah. Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of, find your favorite podcast. Hawk Sports is just $1 right now, so if you want to sign up, it's a good time to sign up. $1 for your first month. Check out what's going on with fall camp. Get a start on the season. See if you like it. And if you like it after that, then you are eligible for Paramount Plus, which is a $100 annual value for absolutely free for as long as you're subscribed to Hog Sports. For those who aren't familiar with Paramount Plus, it's uh, like any other streaming service. It combines CBS, Paramount, Comedy Central, all of that stuff, movies, shows, it's another streaming service. Really good quality content, especially if you like Star Trek. So I've got a ton of Star Trek, which I wasn't really big into Star Trek until I got Paramount Plus. Then I started and then I watched everything. <laughs> All right. Let's get this out of here. Where are you at? There we go. All right. We're going to get to your questions. Appreciate everybody chiming in to let us know we can be heard and seen loud and clear. All right. Ethan Malone says, by the end of the season, do you think Rocket is RB1, tremendous upside? Yes. I do think that there's a chance that he's RB1. If not him, then maybe A.J. Green, who's obviously had some injury stuff and is coming along slower. But uh, because of that, not because he doesn't have the potential and the speed and the ability. They love all that. But uh, I just know from people that were at the scrimmage told me that they would be surprised when it's all said and done if Sanders doesn't have the most carries. Appreciate that update, Justin, on people watching. Richard Hartman says, I bet we beat Rice by at least double what they are projecting us to, LOL. So Arkansas is a 21-point favorite, so you're saying a 42-point win against Rice. If they, if they beat Rice by 42 points, then Arkansas, without question, will end up going to a bowl game. <laughs> you don't do that to teams unless you're good, okay? Um, I know everybody expects a 49-7 to throttling or something you know bigger than that. And be disappointed if you don't beat a team like that. I would probably say, you know, if it's 42-21, then you know that's a, a good st- that's a that's a good start, and that's what the betting line is right now. So if you say double than that, then I mean that's that would that would make me feel like okay, Arkansas 
Arkansas has got a good team. Even though it's Rice, even though it's not an SEC team, to beat a team like that, that's, that's notable. Appreciate all the updates, everybody. Chad Everett says, good morning from South Georgia and all the dang gnats. I know you hate that. I don't blame you leaving. <laughs> How about K.K. Robinson's brother, Bruce Pearl, wearing an Arkansas shirt? Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, those gnats are brutal. Bush Joyner says, you mentioned Chase Hayden. Is there another Hayden coming out of high school this year? Um, I'm not sure if there is or not, to be honest with you. Anthony Jant Tanner says, 80-yard touchdown run is pretty good from a quarterback. Haven't heard anything like that since Matt Jones. Yes. You know, what's interesting is Felipe Franks is the best running quarterback Arkansas has had since Matt Jones. He's the best running quarterback. I mean, this is a long stretch. KJ has a chance to topple that and be the best running quarterback since Matt Jones. Maybe one day Malik Hornsby will beat that. Will Lennox says, Rice a blowover. They return a good bit of experience, especially up front. Um, they have Luke McCaffrey, who transferred from Nebraska, quarterback, but he's competing with uh, Wiley Green, I believe is his name. So they have an unsettled quarterback um, you know, deal. They're going to like try to run at Arkansas, run two tight ends, um, you know, a lot of power run, more methodical type stuff. So it could be a big game for like Grant Morgan, Bumper Pool, Hayden Henry. Ellis McDaniel says, what player would you compare to Raheem Sanders? I haven't seen him live tackle yet. I've just seen him. I mean, I, I guess I saw him in the spring some, but he wasn't 100% healthy then. He had a bit of an ankle injury. I mean, I hope like a Darren McFadden or something. I mean, he's, he's 6'2", 228 right now, so he's he's heavier than McFadden was, about the same height probably. Brandon Holmes, I have no idea. I don't know if there's a guy that I can remember that I would compare him to at that height and that size. We'll see soon. Maybe I'll have a better idea after the first game. Will Lennox says, well, same where Gary Bohannon uh, from Arkansas got named starter at Baylor. Yes, he did. Arkansas took Connor Nolan in that classic quarterback. They wanted to get both of them. Adrian Lamb says, hey, Trey, what's your feeling about college game day picking us in week two? I mean, I think there's an outside chance. I also think, you know, it is 9-11. It's the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Air Force and Navy are playing that weekend, and I can absolutely see – I could see them uh, them picking that game because of that. But it is intriguing more than it would normally be because of all the news with Texas going to the SEC. Now, it could depend on week one. Does Arkansas throttle Rice like they're supposed to? Do they? Do they are they in a close battle with Rice? Texas has Louisiana. Louisiana's not a pushover. They will beat you if you're not ready for them. I think that's one reason I like Arkansas's chances. I'm not picking for a win just yet against Texas, but I like their chances better because, you know, that is a game that Texas really is going to have to focus on. They can't overlook Louisiana. Not that Arkansas can overlook Rice. I'm not saying that. But I like Arkansas's chances against Rice better than Texas' chances against Louisiana right now. Not that I'm not saying that I, I don't think both teams will beat them. Sam Kerr says, one game at a time. That said, we're having we're hovering somewhere around 20-point favorite. Yep. One game at a time. We can we can we can worry about future games. The team can. They gotta stay focused. Norman Hunt says he looks like Felix Jones to me, question mark. So Felix is about 5'10, 205, 210. So not quite the same. 
not even close to the same build. <laughs> Justin Starnes says, I haven't heard much about Bumper. Is he healthy? Yes, Bumper's healthy. He's been working with the second team uh, behind uh, Grant Morgan and Hayden Henry for the most part. He also works with, with the first team. But, you know, Hayden Henry's a guy that people aren't talking about a whole lot. He's been rolling with the first group for the good, good, good portion of it. Uh, Justin Starn says, will Browse make better play calls on third on the goal line, third and short this year, and not be crazy play call? I, I hope. <laughs> Dontre West says, we smashed Texas this year. Tommy Atkins says, off subject of Razorback football, but Auburn coach uh, tested positive for the virus and was quarantined Friday. Yeah. Ronnie Moy says, I think that was 2014, 2015. We led Bama late in the third quarter before they hit a long pass to Ridgely. Pretty much rolled the fourth quarter. What are you talking about? I think that was 2014. 2015, no. 2014, they lost to Bama like 14 to 13. In 2015, Alabama won like 27 to 15 or something like that at Alabama. And, yeah, they did well against Derrick Henry in that game. Get him running side to side. Ellis Daniels says Raheem looks bigger than D-Mac muscles-wise to me. I don't know. D-Mac was pretty shredded. The thing about D-Mac is his arms are so long, you just look like a freak of nature. But D-Mac is like – he was shredded. And I think maybe the only reason – he carried like 220 in the NFL. McFadden did. He was 212 at Arkansas. Um, but he didn't do like – what was it? There was some kind of lift that he wouldn't do at Arkansas. It might have been squats. Maybe just on leg press. I can't remember exactly. But, um, I mean, he's about the closest comparison you can make because they're both tall backs. Maybe Cedric Cobbs could be a possibility. I just haven't seen – I want to see him like running and getting tackled and breaking tackles before I say he reminds me of this guy because I just – I can't think of anybody who's like that size and speed. Dontrell Wesley says, I think KJ's going to have a huge year. He could, possibly. Garrett Isabel ready to watch hog ball tray. Josh Francis says, any word on how quarterback turned to tight end is doing? Landon Rogers, I think, I don't know that he's right, ready to compete at tight end just yet. I mean, he's got a good frame at 6'4, 215, but he needs more weight, really. Dontrell West says senior-led team. Yeah, that's usually a good indicator. You know, another thing about this team, like they have nine guys returning who are um, super seniors, but they also have, you know, two guys in Markel Lutze and Trey Williams who started at Missouri numerous games. Arkansas could start – if they go three-man front, they could start all three of those guys with Ridgeway also. If they go four-man, I kind of think those three guys start along with – Dorian Gerald at left end. That's kind of how I, th I think things might play out. Is Kamani Johnson going to be cleared to play basketball this the team this year? I think he will be. It feels like that. I mean, maybe he misses a game or two or something. Steve Miller says another deep tournament run in basketball should propel their recruiting significantly for a few seasons. I can't help feel the momentum bidding. You know, the only thing with basketball, like I want, like, can you imagine like Arkansas basketball doing this and then like in-state guys not picking Arkansas? Like not like back in the 90s or something. It wasn't even thinkable for something like that to happen. It's just the world's such a smaller place now. 
Randy Smith says, hey, TB, how do you think our secondary will feel? Can't wait to see some some man and blitz more. So I think the secondary is in good shape, better shape than it's been, specifically at safety. I mean, I just think their top four safeties are all really solid. Okay, not to say that Malik Chavis isn't or – um, you know, anybody else at safety, but I just think their top four, when you, you mean, if Miles Slusher is your fourth best safety, you're in really good shape there. And, you know, at, at the other spot, I think they're in good shape at, at Nickelback with Greg Brooks and Trent Gordon has come along because I didn't, I didn't know that Trent Gordon was going to come along in the spring. I just, just think, man, maybe they, maybe he's not, but he's looking like he's working work second team. You know, I know they like Ja'Cory Turner's future as the, the third guy. Um, you know, and Jaden Johnson, also another guy with a lot of promise at safety. So, and then at cornerback, I think Monteric Brown's one of the more underrated players in the SEC. Ladarius Bishop has emerged as the other spot. Greg, uh, Devin Bush finally is starting to come around. I mean, finally healthy. He's working second team. Hudson Clark has, what, seven or eight starts under his belt. He's working second team at corner. So, I think that they're okay at corner. I think they'll be better than most of the teams that they compete against when you consider Greg Brooks in there also. Not all the teams. But I think they're in really good shape in the secondary. And, you know, should have – I mean, Trey Williams has eight-and-a-half career sacks. is more than anybody on Arkansas's roster currently. Um, You know, maybe you get Dorian Gerald healthy for an entire year. I think he can be a force there too. Get a better pass rush. Utsi is a decent pass rusher up the middle. So get a better pass rush that's going to help those guys in the back end. I do think Arkansas is going to have a better defense than they've had. Statistically, I think it'll. Statistically, I think this will be the best defense Arkansas has had since 2014. I know, scary to say that. Predict, make a prediction like that. And I think part of the reason for that is the depth is better. If they can stay healthy at linebacker, then the depth in the rest of the secondary and in the defensive line is actually pretty good in terms of not having a huge, huge drop-off. Now, there's certain guys you don't want to lose, obviously. But Glenn Strauss says the first game going to be televised and what network will it be? Thank you. I mean, I think it's going to be – I think that's the one that's just streamed. It's um, – I mean, technically it's it's ESPN – so you go to ESPN app and you can watch it there. It's technically SEC Network Plus is what they call it, but it's the ESPN app. Sam Kerr says Rocket will be a fast Roger Green. Well, Roger Green weighed more than, than Rocket does for sure. Roger Green, who has the longest touchdown run in Arkansas history that will never be matched unless they make the field longer. Oh, Nathan Post says it's already been announced that it's Air Force and Navy. Has it really? I didn't see that. Daniel Petty says this is the first season since 2016 where my expectations were higher than hope we do our best. <laughs> I don't know. I've had high expectations for him. I mean. Joseph Marquez says the Fox bus is coming to, our, to Fayetteville for the Texas game. Brian Malone says your opinion, will we beat Texas? I think they have a 50-50. You don't want to hear 50-50, but they got a shot to beat them. I mean, I, the way I feel like anybody who's saying, like acting like Texas is going to beat Arkansas no matter what or is a huge favorite to beat Arkansas, I don't think that's accurate. I think it's it's a game that could be really good and close and hopefully very exciting in there. It would be nice to have – wouldn't it be nice to have a full stadium with a game? I mean, how long has it been since, like, the stadium's been packed? It wasn't last year. And there were some there were some games that were really intriguing, good, Tennessee, Ole Miss, great games. But 
it wasn't packed, you know, 16 and a half, 17,000. Sounds like coaches pleased so far, says Casey French Fulton. I mean, I asked him point blank, like, how's this question? Like, all the questions you asked, I said, how do you feel? Like, are you, you got a good team? You going to make Arkansas proud again, like you say? That was the question I asked Sam Pittman, like, just very direct. Do you have a good team now? And, uh, you know, he kind of went around it a little bit, and I don't blame him, I guess. Being a coach, you don't want to say, yeah, we're going to win, you know, we're going to beat a bunch of teams or something. Uh, but you do have to ver- verbalize your goal. Steve Miller says – Steve Miller says – where you at? I lost you. Oh, visually reminds me of Nile Davis. Well, Nile was about 5'10", though. So, I mean, we're talking four inches here of height. But maybe in a way, I guess. Christian Paul says, no doubt about what. Justin Starn says, I think Gerald will have a breakout year. I mean, I think he has a possibility to. And then he says, I don't know about y'all, but I can't wait for a walk and talk after the games. How mad or happy will Trey be? <laughs> Hopefully he won't be too mad. All right, Justin, we're going to end it with your comment right there on the walk and talk. That's coming down the pipe, though. We'll be doing them after every game this year. Um, I don't know how much I'm going to travel right now. I'm kind of thinking I might sit back for some games. I just – guys, Birmingham, when I went to Birmingham, went through the Atlanta airport and stuff, you know, wearing the mask and all that stuff, just so crowded. All the stuff you have to go through, it just kind of made me like, do I want to travel? <laughs> I'm definitely going to go to Athens. <laughs> but I'm just like, do I want to travel and get on an airplane every other weekend? I don't know. So we'll see how things go. We'll see how I decide. But um, that's kind of what I'm leaning to right now. All right, everybody. Appreciate you joining us. Our Aggies are back. has got football practice at 4.30 today. We'll have media availability at 6.15, and we'll find out a little bit more. But fall, kept techni- fall camp technically over. His classes started this week. All right, everybody. We'll be back with you guys next week unless something happens. But uh, plan on next Monday. And then after that, it'll be twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays. We'll be uh, do our regular show Monday to really recap – Arkansas games, obviously, this Monday we'll, we'll be talking about Arkansas games. And then Thursday we'll do really a preview of the next game. So look forward to that coming up. And uh, I guess next Monday Pittman will start doing his press conferences at noon. So the show will be later in the afternoon. It won't be the regular 1130-ish type of show. So later in the afternoon starting Monday. All right, everybody, thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.